feature presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled TIFF review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, are you ready to paint a cat portrait? I am. Georgie is weirdly enough sitting on my lap as we are recording this, which she also did during this movie yesterday. So I feel like either she kind of just knows or um, I'm forcing that on her. Could <laughs> you yeah. could you feel the electricity? I could. I can feel it right now. Um, we are reviewing Will Sharp's The Electrical Life of Louis Wayne, starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Claire Foy. Um, you got Stacey Martin, Andrea Risebro, uh, Toby Jones. Uh, you got uh, Olivia Coleman uh, as the narrator. Yeah, as the narrator. Uh, Taika Waititi shows up. Um, uh, a, a wild cast. Um, there is one cameo uh, near the end of this I think movie. I know what you're talking about. Um, uh, the person who plays H.G. Uh, uh, Wells. Yes, that I was like, <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was not expecting that. So uh, yeah, good. Nevis. I don't even know who this guy is, but um, uh, that's how oblivious I am when it comes to music and stuff. Um, Nevis uh, got it right away, or or was like, oh, that's I don't know if we yeah. should spoil it or not. No, but, no, no. Um, um, and I was like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> I'm like literally no idea. Um, so, anyways, Will Sharp's The Electrical Life of Louis Wayne. Eric, how are you? Um, I'm holding. We already holding reviewed well. the Cumberbatch yeah. dog movie. Yes. Now we're, now we're the on the Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch cat, cat film, movie. Um, which also, again, you know, we we talked about in the Power of the Dog. You have two characters in both Jane Campion's film uh, and this movie, um, where there are characters named Peter, which is very yeah. interesting. Peter the cat, and then Peter the creepy boy. Um, so I thought you were saying Peter the Cody. Yeah. I'm sorry if I look a little weird on the video. It's just like Georgie is sitting literally on my lap. I can pick her up and maybe show her. Oh, you're going to freak out? No? Come on. Let's see. There she is. Oh, oh God. You're okay. Um, as I picked her up. Eric, how, uh, how are you otherwise? Good? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you know, it's it's – Day six of the festival, I guess, and uh, we're, you know, halfway through now and, um, you know, we're getting to that point where we're covering more um, from the comfort of our own homes mm -hmm. rather than, uh, um, you know, in theater at P&I screenings or at in public uh, venues. But um, it's it's been an interesting tip because there has been this kind of sort of return to kind of a semi-normal festival experience but then at the same time it's been pretty relaxed pretty you know chill, they, yeah. they they have been reinforcing um you know uh health and safety which is good you know um specifically the Scotiabank theater where um you have to show both your proof of vaccination and um ID, which I think is really great. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, the Lightbox has been doing that as well, where, um, you know, proof of vax, uh, they they always need before you go in. So I, I think that that's a good thing. But, you know, Matt, you talked uh, before as well, um, you know, on Twitter and things like that about sort of that kind of clustering of critics, you know, in, in screenings. And it's kind of nice to not have to go to a public screening mm -hmm. or a press screening to watch something like this, which I think kind of works uh, at home. 
as well as it does maybe on a big screen and it's mm-hmm. an Amazon release. So mm-hmm. a lot of people will probably end up watching it at home. And so you're seeing it the way that most people will see it. So yeah. It's a pretty accurate. I think the only thing I would have is like the only way you would have seen this movie properly masked is if you went to a tip screening. Yeah. Um, at like a, a princess of Wales or uh Roy Thompson hall. I'm not sure where it was playing or a light box even. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, this was a movie, Eric, that we'll get into. I guess you can kind of give the synopsis, but it's the you know the life of Louis Wayne, who was a uh, an artist in the uh, in the, in the late eighteen hundreds into yeah. the early nineteen hundreds. He was best known for, although he's been forgotten uh, at, over you know the the span of of decades and and into the you know this the new century. Um, he was basically known for painting um, caricatures and cartoons of cats. And, you know, um, these, these images were also kind of responsible for making cats uh, more domesticated animals because before then um, cats were considered uh, like vermin or, you know, not really um, house pets the way that dogs were, you know, they were used, they had a specific purpose, like, you know, to kill, to kill mice. And that was it where, you know, children specifically saw these images and this kind of created you know, this, this new kind of way of looking at, uh, felines as mm-hmm. not just, you know, almost like, like mice themselves. Um, and within the context of this movie, it's a very whimsical surrealist take on, uh, Louis Wayne. And you have Benedict Cumberbatch, um, basically supporting, um, his, sisters and mother um because he you know recently as the movie begins he loses his father and becomes sort of the the main supporter of the house um he is of a certain stature within the community as we learn uh he falls in love uh with a governess played by claire foy who's uh very good in the movie as well um and there's something about the film that when it comes to the whimsy i've talked about this before it just doesn't work for me but at the same time watching a lot of this i was like i think either eric is going to hate this um which i doesn't seem like you hated i didn't hate it because i think what makes the film work is that it's basically about an outsider Mm -hmm. somebody who is eccentric but also electric in their um Mm -hmm. sort of perception of who they are as a person and i really liked that cumberbatch in the role and the way that he portrays louis wayne is a man about town you know like Mm -hmm. he's somebody as we see him in the beginning who most people seem to really like like he's not considered some sort of pariah within sort of the upper class community like yeah he does so many strange and wonderful things um you know, he's considered a, a poly hobbyist, um, you know, wanting to do more than just uh, draw caricatures of animals and working for, you know, the newspaper that's run by uh, Toby Jones's character. He is interested in boxing and in photography and um, patents and things like that. And again, he seems 
this is probably the most likable performance I think Cumberbatch has given in, in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I think his performance in Power of the Dog is incredible, Phil is not a very likable man where, you know, Louis Wayne is, is very sympathetic and big hearted in the way that, you know, he's portrayed. Like if this movie was made in, you know, the 1960s or seventies, someone like, you know, Alec Guinness or Peter Sellers, I think would have played the role. And I think a lot of the performances and the underlining tone of dealing with mental illness and loss Mm kind of help ground some of it, but then also it kind of did get on my nerves where I you get into some yeah. of the fantastical stuff. Yeah, I knew that stuff. Watching it, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be grading on Eric." Um, yeah, I mean, I with I, I'm with you. I think uh, Cumberbatch is, is really, really uh, uh, solid and fun in the role. Um, I I think I like the first half of the film that had kind of more of an eccentric. The whole movie has an eccentric kind of tone to it, and it kind of mimics his mindset throughout the film right like as he becomes more somber or you know his life is coming to an end the movie kind of i feel like matches his whatever's going on in his own mind where i feel like it starts very electric and energetic and um it's quite funny um and i kind of vibed with the eccentric style and and some of the whimsy and and hyper stylized elements in the first half of the movie um it's kind of has some off-kilter comedy that is i think very intentional throughout that first half and it's exactly with you know like i'm not a big period piece guy but um i think if you play with the right tone and um and you know do something a little bit different and off kilter i can get on board with it and i think i was for about half the movie and then you know a big a big big thing happens in his life um i don't i I mean he's a it's a real story but i don't want to spoil it for anyone and i feel like after that when the film tries to get a little bit more serious in that second half Um, It didn't click with me as much. And some of those stylized moments, I think, didn't work as much as when they were a lot of fun in that first half. Um, But I do really like the cast. Like I thought Andrea Riseborough has some great moments that I actually um, laughed. I don't I think they were intentional with her just with well she's playing it and, serious but she's also yeah. the, the the stern older sister who still loves her brother but at the same time is trying to keep him in check because he's the one that's having to now support the entire family mm-hmm. and and you know she's having to kind of play almost weirdly the mom to him you know and in terms of keeping him sort of uh, on an even keel and and i think that that relationship is interesting where it goes and ultimately what it is and um you know it, it's uh, there is one line that i actually really laughed at quite a bit where uh olivia coleman's um voiceover narration says you know after the the father passed away he became sort of the provider of the family because you know he was the oldest and uh the malest <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? and that's what i mean like it does have a good sense of humor that i think i kind of vibed with throughout the entire movie um and you know i've always you know i've grew up with cats and um uh you know i have my sister's cat sitting on my lap right now and and georgie weirdly sat on our lap during the whole movie which i said i thought was the best way to um to watch this and um yeah i think that's portrayed like the love of cats in this i think is very sweet and i feel like cats kind of get you know a bad rap sometimes but especially in um, paw patrol they they describe them quite nicely in this and like the love for 
you know, his cat, uh, Peter in this movie and all the different cats in this, I think is, is, is quite nice coming from someone. I don't necessarily consider myself a cat person. Cause I just don't think I'm an, I'm not really an animal person or like a pet person in general. I always grew up with cats cause my parents had cats and my sister loves cats, but, um, I kind of cats, the musical. I do love Cats the Musical, ironically, yeah, um, at least the movie version. But um, yeah, and then, you know, the this four by three cinematography, I I felt like was just, again, some style. There's a lot of style over maybe substance in the movie, but I will take a biopic that kind of, you know, takes some artistic liberties and make something quirky or eccentric or unique or um rather than just kind of the paint by numbers kind of thing and yeah i think cumberbatch is a lot of fun in this and he seems like he's um super genuine and i like the character and for someone who um you know is important to the you know maybe not the art world but a specific part of the art world um i thought he does a good job and it was you know i think it just kind of lost me halfway through yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with that either. I think when it becomes um, a little bit more serious and has to sort of tackle mental illness, um, it, it that that tonal shift doesn't necessarily pay off in a way that kind of feels like it, it really sort of stuck the landing. Yeah. And sort of having to kind of go into a darker mode, especially even with uh, one of the sisters played by uh, Haley Squires when when she's a little bit older because um, the, the the five sisters vary from, you know, age range from, you know, like their tw- 30s to 40s to, you know, like their teens, you know, and we mm-hmm. see them grow up throughout the, you know, the the ages and, and, and the decades. And um, yeah, it's just interesting as well how this portrays you know, the artist's life, because the, the, the movie that it kind of also reminded me a little bit of was um, Big Eyes, where you have... Dude, it reminded me of Tim Burton and obviously Wes yeah. Anderson at times, but... It has um, that kind of aesthetic kind Claire of... Claire Foy looks like Helena Bonham Carter. She does, and a little um, bit like Emily Blunt with the, yeah. the red wig a little bit. Um, it, it has this twee kind of quality yeah. that can be a little bit uh cloying um yeah. at times and i think that that's kind of what ultimately soured me on it and yeah. and and why i'm not going to give it you know like a three out of a five passing and, grade, yeah, yeah like i'm giving it a, a spoiler i'm giving it a two and a half um but there are moments where it was like okay this is this is a little bit better than say like the you know david copperfield's um you know movie with dev patel where awesome. that was just, just brought that up as we was were watching so it grating to me yeah and 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 clawing if we're gonna go with mm-hmm. the with you know cat jokes or or, or you know puns, puns or and things like that um yeah i just kind of felt that like overall the thing that was most charming was the relationship between Emily and Louie and that was kind of some of the best stuff of the film um and then when you get into that third act as bittersweet as it is it kind of just it's 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 hard to kind of switch from sort of fantastical to melancholy and to kind of do that in a really sort of compelling way where you're emotionally uh invested in some of those moments and and I do like the the way that they portray like even Toby Jones's character, and it's just funny thinking Benedict Cumberbatch and him work together in um, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, where you know for all intents and purposes, you know Sir William being this publisher, 
you would think that it's like, oh, he's going to be portrayed as like the boss who's always yeah. giving him a hard time. But he's he's actually, again, he likes. Seems like a pretty good boss. Louis Wayne. Yeah, quite a bit. And, you know, he's still kind of uptight and upper crust. But, um, you know, like there's it, it, it tries to be sort of as unconventional uh, as possible when it comes to the characters and also just the life of this guy. And um, yeah, it's. It's fine for what it is. I think it's it, it is sweet, bordering on saccharine, but um, the cast is good. Um, the story is sad, um, but overall, I just kind of felt like yeah, it was fine. And I, I'm I'm not a cat person, mostly because I'm allergic to cats. <laughs> I don't have anything against them. I think I probably would have been a cat person if I wasn't um i'm almost more inherently a dog person just based on like my family's always been sort of dog people yeah um so you you know cat lovers unite but um yeah it's 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 fine i i think it's i think i agree with you i think it's it's tonal it's a little tonally awkward for me i just don't think it kind of meshes that kind of serious tone with its kind of eccentric kind of comedic vibe in that you know first half of the movie um uh, but ultimately I, I thought it was okay. So I think I liked it a little bit more than you. So I'm going to give it a three out of five. Um, but watching it, I was like, I feel like Eric's not going to like this. Yeah. I wasn't like, the, the biggest fan of no, it, but, but, but it's I'm not so, awful. You know, it's yeah, be- yeah. it's a lot better than I like there. It's just, it's funny because there are moments that are good and it's, mm-hmm. it's like, okay. Like I just wish that it was able to kind of keep on that sort of level path. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree with you. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, we have a ton of other reviews from TIFF that you guys we were covering the entire festival, the big stuff, small stuff, foreign stuff, animated stuff, everything. So um, check out all of our reviews right here on YouTube on the Untitled YouTube channel. So hit subscribe, hit that notification bell, all that jazz. You'll get all of our TIFF reviews and then all of our reviews moving forward, as well as our main show, the Untitled Movie Podcast. We'll have a post uh, show for TIFF and things like that. Um, but if you like uh, it in audio form, you can go get it over on Untitled Movie Reviews on all podcast services. Uh, head over to our Letterboxd HQ, which is kind of the one-stop shop for everything Untitled. It's Untitled underscore movies. And as always, my name is Matt Rorvik. You can find more of my work uh, around the internet, but mostly at UntitledMoviePodcast.com. And you can follow me on all the social medias at Matt Rorvik. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social media is at EM6211. Until next time. I wonder what Louis Wayne would have thought of Cats the Musical. Say bye, Georgie.